So what, that's, that's Mamtor over there? Yeah, that's Mamtor and then that's the Great Ridge. So that goes down that bit there in the middle um, near the foresty bit, that's Baktor. And then the one on the end is Loose Hill. Hello, I'm Liv Bolton and you're listening to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire you to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of your life. The Outdoors Fix is produced in association with our friends at Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports. Welcome everybody to series four of The Outdoors Fix. I do realise the irony of a series about getting outdoors when we all can't do that much right now. But I do hope this series gives you a chance to escape into the outdoors world through your headphones and gives you lots of inspiration for future adventures. I've got seven fantastic guests in this series, from a countryside ranger to an ice swimmer and a hiking adventure blogger. All ordinary people who've changed their lives to make the outdoors a bigger part of their everyday. Plus, at the end of each episode, there's beautiful birdsong and other sounds of nature recorded by you, the listeners. Because of coronavirus, this series will sound a little different. I managed to record two of the episodes outdoors, as usual, before the lockdown came into force, but the remaining five episodes had to be recorded remotely online instead. The interview you're about to hear, though, was one of the ones I recorded before the lockdown and travel restrictions. Those were the days. Would you like to walk 950 miles across the UK and write about your hiking adventures? Today's guest has done exactly that. She's also turned hiking and adventure blogging into her career. It's Becky Angel, also known as Becky the Traveller. Becky used to work in a bank, but has completely changed her life to make the outdoors her job. In non-coronavirus times, she's usually found on hikes and wild camps around the UK, writing up the best walks and adventures for her popular website. Becky also completed a huge challenge in 2019, walking 950 miles across the UK for charity. We went for a walk in the Peak District before the lockdown and recorded the podcast on a hill overlooking Mam Tor. I wanted to ask Becky about her huge hike, how she made the transition to a more outdoorsy career and life, and what impact it's had on her lifestyle. She also reveals how crucial the outdoors has been to her mental health over the years. I hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you're affected by any of the issues in the episode, there are links to information and support on the Outdoors Fix website. Here's Becky. Becky, hello. Hello. Isn't this a beautiful day? I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I like bringing people to the Peak District when it's nice weather because they get to see all the, all the cool views. So. You've got your sunglasses on, that's yes. how nice it is. <laughs> beautiful sunshine. Where are we? So at the moment we're, um, we're on Lord's Seat. Oh gosh, Lord's Seat. <laughs> um, we're overlooking, um, the, uh, overlooking Mam Tor, which is one of the popular spots in the, uh, in the Peak District. But this side of the ridge is a bit less popular, so that's why I picked here, because it's, it's a bit quieter for us to record the podcast. Exactly, and actually you might be able to hear at some point in the recording, but there's beautiful bird song. And it's um, a really lovely spring day, and we've seen some lambs and some frog spawn frog spawn, already yeah. on our walk. We've come from, is it Barber's Booth? Barber Booth, yeah. Barber Booth, yeah. and we're doing about a five mile circular walk. 
Lovely. Thank you for organising it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't take too much. This is a a bit of a regular spot for me to to come in the Peak District. So uh, it's quite nice to come and show it off, really. I was going to say that. Peak District is one of your favourite areas to walk, isn't it? Yeah, I'm here quite a lot, actually. Yeah. I think because it's... Because it's literally, it's like about an hour away from my home. Is that, is that Nottingham? Yeah, yeah, so you can kind of get here um, and be out, you know, on a, on a walk and just exploring and, and stuff. And yeah, it's so, it's so lovely. So you can do it, you know, I can come here if I want to do like a day walk or something, or I can come for a weekend, but it's it's a good sort of like, oh, the weather's nice today, I'll go to the Peak District. Exactly, so, yeah. a bit more accessible yeah. than the Lake District or Snowdonia or Definitely, somewhere like yeah. that. Yeah, they're, they're about four hours for me yes. from Nottingham, so it's quite a, <laughs> it's quite a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is a pretty good spot. And we're gonna, you know, go down the hill a little bit later and, and go and see the Paragliders and Mam Tour. Yeah, definitely. What is it about the outdoors that you're drawn to now in your life? Now, um, I think it's just how I feel when I'm outdoors. Um, I get very easily distracted when I'm at home. There's lots of technology and lots of things going on. But when I'm outdoors, I don't seem to have that issue. I think nature and scenery is enough distraction for me and it's a beautiful distraction. So nothing else, nothing else is needed. So. Um, I find when I'm out on a walk, I'll get my phone out to take a photo, but I won't go through, I won't check my emails, Mm. I won't check my WhatsApp messages, most of the time I actually have it in flight mode just to save the battery anyway, so for me, the outdoors is is a real detox for me and a real, it's kind of like a safe place because I know I'm going to feel kind of, I'm going to feel in in a good place mentally and and physically when when I'm outside. I think that's so right and I find exactly the same and you kind of ignore all the notifications that you get on your phone don't you and you're just focusing on on the things around you yeah so I want to go back and uh, find out where you're from and whether you were outdoorsy as a child or when you were younger well I wasn't outdoorsy in the sense that I would go you know to the national parks exploring that type of thing I was always in the local park, but I think I I grew up sort of in the 80s when kids played on the streets and we went out on our bikes and we went to the local park. So, you know, it's very different to to children growing up nowadays. So in that sense, I was outdoorsy, but I wouldn't say like I hear a lot about people who say, their parents took them to the Lake District for for holidays and you know they went and climbed Snowdon when they were seven years old and I I never that that was never part of my my growing up Um, but my both my parents were did have a sort of a level of fitness and they did a lot of running and stuff so you know I always had that interest in sport and the outdoors and doing physically active things so to speak so Mm. it wasn't necessarily the outdoors side of things it was the sport so I did lots of um I did like GCSE PE okay um, and I was like the girl in sports day that did all the all the events because none of the other girls <laughs> wanted to do Good them so, well, like the 1500 or something oh, like yeah. that I'd always do the 1500 absolutely loved it so yeah oh. so so that's that side of things um really from from how I grew up really okay how do you think that you came to enjoy hiking I used to come to the Peak District with my brother and sister 
and my brother used to always kind of like lead us up and I, I used to have no clue where we were going. I had no idea how to read a map, absolutely no knowledge. I'd just sort of rock up. Um, they are both younger than me, both fitter, fitter than me um, at, that, at that point. And I used to be like dragging like behind, like out of breath and stuff. But I still, you know, still really enjoyed it. Um, like my sister made me like a little certificate when I did mum tour, oh. um, which is quite funny because it's it's that little man, you know, yeah, the, near the, us. the hill over there. Yeah. And it, it, is, it is one of those iconic ones that people do as their first hill in the Peak District because you've got such beautiful views. Um, so yeah, and then I think as I sort of got older, I then had this turning point where I started getting into travel. But again, because I like sort of doing active things, I looked for active holidays. So um, I did the Inca Trail mm. in Peru. Um, I did Mount Kilimanjaro. I did wow. the Tour de Mont Blanc. So it was kind of the fact that I wanted to do a physical holiday, a physical activity holiday, as opposed to the outdoors. But the two sort of gel together, really. Yeah. So without realising it, I was choosing outdoor, you know, outdoor activities and, and stuff like that. You're a hiker and blogger yeah. and you have a travel website, Becky yeah. the Traveller. I do, yes. <laughs> but you haven't always had this lifestyle. No. You used to work in a bank. Yeah, yeah, I know. Tell me about that. It sounds a bit random when you say it now. Um, so I, yeah, so I worked for the bank for several years, um, worked in an office and I did um, PA work um, so I did lots of different organising of events and things I think one of my highlights was I organised a charity walk in the Peak District I, oh, got, okay. I got 50 people to do, to do a 16 mile walk wow. um, which was really cool but I always I loved organising events I loved doing things with people but the, <laughs> the actual bank bit of it oh, was pretty dull really it didn't suit me it didn't suit my personality um, and I'm not really sure how I fell into it, but I think it's one of those things that just happens sometimes. You don't necessarily plan, you know, what job you're gonna gonna go into. But yeah, it's weird when you look back now and think that <laughs> I used to work in an office. Yeah, your just, life is yeah, very different it's, now. It's very different. Yeah. I want yeah. to find out how how this change happened. Tell me what what happened to make you move from working in a bank to then setting up your own travel website and becoming a hiker and blogger. Well. I was very, I started to become very unhappy in, in the role I was in. So I had had a, a good boss and I'd had a good job. And then um, I'd went off for six months traveling and someone was doing um, my role. And I decided I didn't want to go back to that role. I wanted to try something different. So I got a new job um, with a new department that was opening. Um, but basically it didn't it didn't suit me and it really didn't do any good for my mental health I really kind of struggled during that time um, and I was quite unhappy I was commuting to Birmingham which could sometimes be sort of four four and a half hours in the car a day oh, wow. and and you know that's not that's not sustainable long long term it's just mentally and physically draining um, so I was actually um, I was actually quite poorly at the time, and I was I was off off work um, with depression, and um, and I found out that my job was going, and I had a choice to okay. well, being made redundant. Um, yeah, basically be, being made redundant, um, but I had a choice to look for another job within the bank, or I could accept the redundancy. Um, so you kind of had a three-month period where you could look for another job, and I just 
I just didn't want to. I was mm. just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And this is the chance to, to kind of get out of mm. this, yeah, get out of this role. Um, in the January, I'd set up my website and it had been doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't earning any money from it, but I just made a decision to, um, you know, to cut back on some expenses and to see if I could go full-time with my website and see wow. if I could earn an, earn an income from it. And I kind of thought, right, well, I've got a bit of a cushion. You know, I'm in a fortunate position where I have been made redundant and I've got a little bit of redundancy mm. money. So I didn't have to start earning money there and then. Yeah. I, I was able to give my website the time that it needed to, to build, you know, build, build a following and build page views and therefore an income. Um, and yeah, and it's kind of just grown and grown and I'm yeah I'm really surprised with, I'm really surprised with how it grew really just yeah. um I, I knew nothing about websites <laughs> I'm I'm not very not very techie I get quite stressed at techie things and I've set up a website and I've done all the techie stuff behind it and yeah it's kind of working and I earn some money from it so it's such a transition that I mean that's quite a big step going from a job a full-time job where you're getting a salary and you're working in a bank so yeah. very office-based to now your lifestyle where you're self-employed doing your website yeah. and and doing blogging and other social media things I mean that how was that transition for you it was brilliant absolutely loved oh, it wow. yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think you know once you are out of a situation and you look back on it and you're like what was I doing and I'm just I honestly I I hardly earn anything now but I'm a million times happier. Wow. Um, so much less stressed. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just so much more content with things. And, you know, I make, I make sacrifices. I don't, I, you know, I don't treat myself to, to things. And I, I look for free parking wherever I can find free parking. And, you know, I'm like, I'll walk extra and, and stuff like that. But um, I've, I've never really been um, motivated by money. Um, so for me having a you know having a lot of money okay it's nice let's yeah, let's let's face fact but it is it's not the be all and end all for me it's much more important to to be happier and and that's what I'm doing now I love I love doing what I'm doing now oh that's so fantastic to hear because it sounds like it was a really difficult time at the bank and, yeah and that that you've you've come through that and now you're doing something that you really really love yeah definitely fantastic definitely. I want to hear more about the website and then what you actually do because what is on the website what do you cover and and how do you uh, create the content I mean you're obviously out and about lots of times to, to try and create that content yeah so when I first set it up so it's called Becky the Traveller um, and I sort of was like right well that's sort of obvious what it is it's about me and my travel so I started um, adding on travels that I'd done previously so there's stuff on there about my trip to Nepal um, trip to Japan um, various various other places that I've that I've been but then when I got made redundant I basically did a bit of a, a road trip around the UK so then I then had content from the UK and that's when I started realizing wow the UK is really cool yeah. And I kind of had a bit of a wake up call because I was like, I've been to all these amazing places around the world, but then I hadn't climbed Ben Nevis. Mm -hmm. 
which you know it's not it's not the be all and end all but I'd climb Mount Kilimanjaro so I'd climb the highest mountain in Africa but I hadn't even bothered to do the highest mountain in in the UK and obviously they're very different mountains and different experiences but I was just like oh you know what the UK has got some really really cool places and that's when I started writing more about the UK that's when I started building up more photos of the UK on my Instagram and my Instagram started growing um, from people's love of the hiking and the outdoors in the UK and it's just accessible for everyone so I think like my trips abroad so my trips to like Nepal although like I'm sure a lot of people want to go it's it's still expensive um, you still need to take off you know a decent amount of time mm. to go and book the flights and all that sort of thing whereas a weekend in the Lake District or a weekend in Snowdonia or Peak District is much more easier for people to to get out and do yeah and I think it, it resonated more with with people which is which is why you know it's quite popular one of my most popular um, posts on the actual website is um, best day hikes in the UK oh, and that okay. gets thousands and thousands and thousands of, of, of views every, every month it's you know it's one of the most popular ones and it's really nice to see because I'm like oh yes people are getting out in the UK and you know loving it as much as I do so so you obviously had to do all of those hikes to be able to write about it <laughs> <Yes>. so <laughs> for you in your personal opinion what is the best UK day hike Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one I really like Snowdonia one of my favourite hikes um, in Snowdonia is the, the Glidders. And I've done it in some awful weather conditions, but I've also done it in some, some nice weather conditions as well. And I just I love it. It feels like you're on the moon or something. Wow. It feels so, like, it's really like jaggedy rocks and it just feels very different to, to anywhere else. Um, but that's obviously like, you know, a massive one. Malham Cove is stunning. That's a really nice Is that in short... Yorkshire? Yeah, that's yes. Yorkshire Dales, that one. That's a really lovely one. So, um, but then I did the Jurassic Coast a couple of years oh, ago. Wow. And that's got some beautiful sections as well. Down in Dorset. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, around Lilworth Cove and, and, and Dirtle Door. That's, that's beautiful. So um, I think the thing is with the UK is there's lots of things that are accessible for everyone. So you've got kind of... You know, you could, like with Mam Tour, you can literally park your car really low. There's a, there's a car park really low down. So if you've got little kids who don't, you know, aren't able to walk miles and miles at the moment, they can still go to the top of Mam Tour. And that's kind of what I like about it. And that's why it's so popular. But then if you want to do a longer walk, so a couple of weeks ago, um, I did the Edale Skyline, which also takes in Mam Tour, but it's a 20 mile walk. Yeah. So it, it you know it's there's so many different options for, for people and so there's lots of variety on your website as well with those routes isn't yeah, there? yeah yeah well i've got a new website that i've literally just got um peak district walks on so that was something i had an idea um for like months and months and i finally got <laughs> got my arse in gear basically <laughs> and um and and got that that published and that's proven really popular because again i think people just um, you know the obvious ones so if someone says the peak district you'll be like oh, okay so mam tour kinder scout but then you kind of don't necessarily know those other little walks and those mm. other little little gems and it's like you know you might not want to do the popular walks you mm. might just want to do you know something little so so when you've got with your peak district um doing lots of walks around here then 
you're obviously trying to find lots of different routes and lots of different types of routes, lengths. How do you go about finding those? I think a lot of it is, I mean, I've got, I've done a lot of walks over the years in the Peak District, so I've kind of got ideas. And then when I'm walking, I'll be kind of like, oh, I wonder what's down that way. And then I'll look at the OS map and I'll be like, oh, I could have actually done a loop from there to there and made this into a eight mile walk instead of a six mile walk and sort of try it try it out like that so okay. it's just just coming and <laughs> experimenting really with different different options and and then the other the other thing is finding a start point so for me I drive a lot of the time um to the peak district so it's finding kind of like right where can I park my car? Right, I can park my car there. Okay, right, where can I walk from there? Mm. And I'll have a look. Um, I've done my mountain leader training um, and I've got a bit of knowledge of map reading. Yeah, that's I've, really I've helpful. Admit, yeah. I'm not brilliant. Um, it's probably one of my, my, my weakness um, areas, but um, that it helps. means you can yeah. kind of, yeah, you can kind of see the ground. You can kind of see, is that a great big hill or that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. How many days do you think you're sort of out and about each month or out, outdoors researching it's, for your website? Do you know what? It's quite weird, actually, because although I could go out during the week, I do end up spending a lot of times going out at the weekend. So I'll go out sort of the full, you know, the full weekend and I'll have plans for that. Um, I do go out midweek as well sometimes, mid midweek adventures, because they're great, because, mm. they, you know, it's quieter and stuff like that. But I kind of... Don't, I try not to plan too much in advance. I try to kind of go with the weather. Um, I try to kind of keep on top of things so that I can be can be flexible. Because I do I do have work for that I do for other clients as well. So not just got my own website at the moment, um, as I said, because that doesn't give me a massive income. So I sort of supplement that by doing other freelance work for for other people as well. So. So it's it's quite difficult to talk about a typical week, but I try and get outside every day, um, even if it's just local. So even if it's just like a local walk in mm. Nottingham to you know to kind of detox and and just get that <laughs> get that outdoor fix really yeah outdoor fix boom there you go <laughs> thank you you're doing all my selling for me um, um, you do a lot of wild camping as well when you're out and about and yeah. um, I love that you have so many gorgeous photos of sunrises and sunsets you're doing it tonight aren't you I am yeah I'm not I think the weather's going to be all right tonight but tomorrow it's scheduled for fog in the morning oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so there's going to be zero view but do you know what I'm I don't mind. I'm not. I'm not necessarily doing it for for the view. It's for the whole kind of experience and how it makes me feel and stuff. I want to come on to one of your big adventures. I mean, you've got quite a few, but the most, I suppose, the biggest one you've done is your E2W challenge yes. that you did. Um, tell me about that. What was the concept? Where you went from? How long it took you? Okay, so E2W was from the furthest easterly point. Of Britain to the furthest westerly point, so it's from Lowestoft in Suffolk to Ardnamurchan Lighthouse in Scotland. Um, the idea was to go the prettiest route, so it wasn't to go the most direct, which I think would have been about 500 miles. Um, the route that we did um, was 952 miles right so you just basically doubled it <laughs> basically, yeah, basically but went so, so much pretty wow. see i i didn't want to walk on any roads or as few roads mm. as possible um 
and amazingly we managed to find a lot of you know a lot of trails so I did um I did the hike with um a guy called Ian also known as um the barefoot backpacker mm-hmm. um so we looked at um local and national trails so for example there's the Norfolk Coast Path um the Pennine Way West Highland Way so they were sort of three of the the chunky ones okay. that we did and then there's also other ones that that link up so you can actually spend you know literally the entire time away from away from cities away from people oh sounds like, amazing yeah we hardly saw any people like there were certain bits of the the walk where you saw a few more people if you were sort of walking mm. you know through busy areas um but how long did it take you 952 miles i mean that is a blooming long way <laughs> so we did it in 57 days gosh um, so that's about what two months two uh just yeah just over eight weeks yeah yeah so incredible so when was this tell me when it was um we started on the 20th of may and finished on the 15th of july last year 2019 19 yes it sounds amazing connecting some of those beautiful routes together yeah what do you think was your favorite section for me my favorite section was the pennine way which is quite a big section really yeah so so for years i'd wanted to do the pennine way for someone that comes hiking in the peak district edale's the start of the pennine way and there's a sign um outside the uh, the nags head saying this is the start of the pennine way and it just it just always appealed to me and i was like i really want to do that but i just didn't have the confidence i genuinely think thought i couldn't do it and I don't really know where that came from, but I just felt that it was just too big for me. It was just something that, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do. And then I planned a challenge <laughs> where the Pennine Way was part of that yeah. challenge, which sounds kind of ridiculous when, you know, I say it out loud. But I genuinely was so nervous about it. I was like, you know, it's one of the, um, it's not the longest national trail in the UK, but it's known as, as the toughest mm. one, um, basically for how remote it is and, and the, you know, the ascent of it as well. Um, and when I got to the end of it, I felt absolutely amazing. Yeah. I just, I t- and, and I, I kind of found it easier than I thought. And I think that's why I was so proud as well. Because I'd been like, I'd been thinking to myself, oh, I can't do this. It's too hard. I'm not going to be able to do it. And yet I'd done it with kind of like, you know, 15 to 16 kilograms on my back as well. And yeah, and done some really long days in it. So and there's some amazing bits on there that, you know, like in the North Pennines. I've never been in the North Pennines and there's like some beautiful waterfalls and and all this sort of stuff there that I was just like, God, I didn't even know this was here. It was like a real, yeah, it was a real eye-opener, eye, eye sorry. Oh, wow. Did you world camp? Did you stay in campsites? I did a mix of everything, really. Um, there was wild camping. We stayed um, on campsites. We stayed with other people. So um, I shared what I was doing on my Facebook and my Instagram, and I had people get in touch with me saying come and stay with us oh lovely so complete strangers that I'd never met before I one in particular I remember and um she she picked us up um off the trail took us back to her house she was like right we'll get some dinner 
gin and tonic oh yeah gin and tonic <laughs> oh yeah that'd be nice cooked like a you know amazing three-course meal sat outside with a slight heated barbecue wow. showed showed me up to the room and then she's like oh do you want you know do you want a bath or, or anything because um, we prioritize food over getting clean <laughs> just how it works um so she was like, do you want a bath or anything? I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be good. And then she's like, oh, actually, you could get in the jacuzzi if you like. And I was Hell like, yeah. oh, that might be quite nice. That, she's a very nice host. <laughs> it was wow. just amazing. So, yeah, so, yeah, we did rough it, but we did have some treats as well. You need to have that <laughs> because got... I feel like when you, when you wild camp for days, you are so desperate for a shower and a, like a nice cooked meal, yeah. aren't you? you? You don't appreciate it until you get like i i don't mind going for sort of multiple days at a time i kind of can cope with that but it's when you go back to normality again you're like oh a toilet Ooh. yeah it flushes Ooh. there's water coming out of a tap yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's nothing worse than wild camping i'm waking up in the morning and you can hear the rain outside on your tent and your body says to you i need to go to the toilet and you're like really yeah. really what right now oh yeah. yeah that's just the worst thing ever exactly so. and then you have to also pack up the wet tent yeah which is yeah <laughs> that is a huge distance 952 miles when you finished you finished at a lighthouse yeah i can imagine it's quite a mixture of feelings yeah um for me didn't really feel like the end and I think because in some sense it wasn't it wasn't like I turned up at my house I turned up at a lighthouse and then I wild camped so it was it was the end of it was the end of that part with with Ian because we decided he was going to go off and do some island hopping and I was going to go off and do do my own thing but it didn't it wasn't an anticlimax because I wasn't expecting like you know fireworks and all that sort of stuff but I just was like oh well tomorrow I'm gonna go on another adventure I just it genuinely felt like that and um and you raised money for the mental health charity Mind. Mind yeah was it because of your personal connection to to mental health yeah definitely um I've had I've struggled with my mental health for for like several times over the years and it's got really bad and you know up and down so I just felt like this was this would be a charity that was very close to my heart and do you know what I really like the fact that when I told because like lots of people who we did meet on the walk would say to us what are you doing are you doing it for charity and we'd say yes we're doing it for mine charity and then they would say oh my husband had this or my friend had this or I lost you know you know someone through you know through suicide and and you know what there's so many people it affects and it was more I wanted to raise money but it was more talking about it I was kind of like if if I share my story about my mental health journey and my struggles which is what I try and I try and do now as as much as I can um I'm obviously not at the stage when I was when I had you know big you know big dips and felt very um, very suicidal sort of like um, quite a few times in my life so I'm not at that point now but I still have low moods and anxiety and things like that so I still try and talk about the little things because I think do you know what if I'd had that when I you know when I was struggling with it maybe it never would have got to that point where I felt so so bad you know when you're feeling low um it's it's awful but if you can talk to someone about it it 
it stops it getting worse um and i never had that so it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and i told absolutely no one and (laughs) i pretended to hide it um although now i realize there's no way i was hiding it there's there's no way that people didn't know but in my head i thought i was doing a really good job of hiding it and i actually actually wasn't so through hiding it and not telling anyone i just made it worse so kind of that's why i like to talk about it now and and try and get other people just it's about awareness isn't it it's about Mm. understanding your body and and knowing that it's it's okay to have a bad day but if you're having a bad day a bad day bad day bad day you need to kind of you know sort of nip it in the bud sort mm. of thing so yeah yeah that was more more what i wanted to talk about really wonderful that you raised money for them yeah yeah i'm really chuffed that we did that so yeah and do you think that the outdoors i mean i know it's not a cure-all for mental health at all but does it help you yeah it does um I don't know there's just something very I just find being outdoors very calming um and it takes you away from the hustle and bustle and it kind of takes you away from real life as you know in some respect but you've got a balance so you've got the flip side of going out on your own it's good for your mental health but also you've got the side of going out with other people so I might organise a walk um, with a few people in the Peak District and we'll go out and we'll be walking together for five, six, seven hours. We, you talk during that time and that's very valuable. There's not many instances where you meet people and you, you talk in this sort of environment. It, it feels very safe. It's not, like when you, it's not like when you go out for drinks in a bar and you're... Um, you're there and you're chatting about stuff and the music's loud and you can't really have a proper conversation when you're outdoors you can really have that proper conversation and you can really kind of like get to you know get down to the details Mm. if you want to you don't you know i don't come out on all my you know (laughs) don't expect to come out on a walk with me and i'll talk about all my like mental health troubles but on the flip side i'll i'll share as much as you know as much as you want you want to know if you want to ask questions about how i felt and how i dealt with it and was i on medication and you know all that sort of stuff you can ask all those sorts of questions because i just think the more people talk about it the more it becomes normal and it's not quite there yet there's still people who don't feel comfortable talking and, and think the thing is when you're struggling with mental health you're not kind of of that your mind's not quite thinking in in the right way so for me now i'm like oh when you're struggling with your mental health you've got to talk about Mm. it but when you're struggling with your mental health your brain sort of sort of doesn't want you Mm. to so it's quite it's quite hard and you know just to try and make it more more normal and make people feel more comfortable about it really Mm. looking back then at your transition from working in a bank and being in an office to now running your own website and plotting hikes around the uk for people how do you feel oh i'm so much happier this is just it's kind of the it's kind of the dream the dream job and it and i've definitely worked for it you know it's not it's not just landed on my plate I, i've made choices for this this to happen and i'm quite proud that i've you know, made that decision to go for it. 
it, it could have been very different if I decided after being made redundant, I must get another job, I must get another job. And, and I probably would have defaulted to something in an office and not necessarily a bank, but something using my, you know, skills from that, that point of view. So it, it, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty chuffed that I've taken, I've taken the step and, you know, making a change. Um, recently done my mountain leader training as well. So that's another, you know, another direction, just adding a new skill and I'm just like god I could have done this years ago this would have been you know this would have been really good but maybe maybe it just wasn't the right time then maybe now you know now's the time to to do it sort of thing I don't think you should look back and you know regret what happened it's this is you know this is what's happening now and I'm making the most of it really are the three people who have inspired your outdoors adventures? Um, I've been thinking about this quite a bit and I think there are two key people um, who've really inspired my adventures or actually starting out um, and these two people might not expect it but it's my little brother and my Aww. little sister Aww. so John and Rachel so my sister Rachel um, she actually climbed Kilimanjaro um, before I did. Uh, she went travelling around New Zealand, did loads of hiking there. My brother used to always, you know, come on the trips to the, the Peak District and he used to go off wild camping on his own and I'd be like, oh, that's really cool, that is. Yeah. Um, and I used to be like, oh, that, you know, think about doing that one day. Um, I also did a couple of my long-distance hikes in the UK with them. So I did Hadrian's Wall and I did Coast to Coast Walk and that was because uh, my little sister said do you want to come and do this long distance hike? So yeah, Aww. so I definitely think my little sister and my little brother, Rachel and John, um, should get a shout out there. It's very difficult to name a third because my, my third is, is a big one and it's all the females that I follow on Instagram. Um, there's so many inspirational women that I follow. It's actually unbelievable and I kind of want to start naming them, but I feel like if I start naming them, I'll end up missing, you know, missing yeah. a couple out. Um, but it's one of those girls, you know who you are. There oh, you go. <laughs> wonderful. There are some awesome women on Instagram, yeah, aren't there? And it's always providing inspiration. Inspiration, and... support, you know, it's 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 everything that, that they give. So, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is about support as well. It's encouragement. Mm. It's... If you, I don't suppose like with any of your adventures that people, you know, you say, you say what you're planning to do and people back you up. Yeah. I think the Instagram community can be really, really positive it's and supportive. Very lovely. I absolutely love the community on there. You know, there's so many people I've met. I've lost track on how many people I've, I've met from there now. Um, and I love seeing what everyone gets up to. And I love how, you know, everyone's always like, oh, look what this person's done and look what this person's doing. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's really supportive. So, yeah, that means means a lot to me. And I, I keep my eye on you girls and seeing what you're up to. And it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> Becky, what tips do you have for getting outdoors more? Um, so my tips for getting outdoors more, um, 
I think to begin with, if you're at the point where you're not getting outdoors at all, then probably just making one small change will actually make quite a big difference. So I guess a lot of people think they've got to, you know, start climbing mountains or, you know, start hiking across Britain to to be getting outdoors. And that's totally not the case. You know, getting outdoors can be going to your local park, you know, it can be, you know, doing something, you know, a little bit more low key than you might you might perceive. But um, I think that's just as good. And and what I'd suggest is if you're not doing anything at the moment, then have a think about maybe what you'd like to be doing. If you you know if you're following people on Instagram and you're thinking, oh, I'd like to do that, then then do something, do one little thing to to get that ball rolling to kickstart because, it. Yeah, because yeah. I think sometimes like once you've done the first bit, so once you've bought a map of the Peak District or once you've you know got you know some hiking boots, you're then ready to do that that next that next bit. Um, you can reach out to people I'm happy to you know to give you some ideas if you you want to do a walk um, there's loads of people with different different skills in the outdoors there's people that do rock climbing there's people that do stand up paddle boarding there's so many different activities you can get involved in so have a think what you fancy trying you know you don't need to do something just because everyone else is doing it so think about what you know what you like doing and you know what you want to do and and go out there and be proactive and go right by this time so set yourself a goal so by this time next month I'm going to have gone out on a walk or you know something like that Mm. so yeah so I don't I don't want to be too prescriptive because I think the outdoors should be you know whatever you want it to be you can do whatever you want sort of thing yeah yeah one of the things that I've really liked um, when I've been following your adventures is that you do things like um, Red January, which is where you get outdoors every yeah. day in January. Um, and you also do a walk a week. Yeah. You sort of talked about these little things that you seem to do that really help you get outdoors. Yeah. So these are sort of these are sort of personal goals that I set myself because I know that I so for example I know I struggle in January and last year I heard about Red January and I was like right who wants to do this and loads of people got involved with it so I thought I'd do it again this year as well Um, and then I also do I'm also doing as well at the moment like um, one wild camp each calendar month so Mm. I've set myself a, a target to to do that and again it's just for me personally I need to set myself little targets and little goals and I like to have little things to tick off you know Mm. that's just that's just how how I work it's not you know it's not for everyone I'm not suggesting you all need to do that but um just by setting yourself little targets sometimes it can help motivate you and can help you actually getting getting out there and doing Mm. those things I love that one wild camp a month great yeah per calendar month so because because I got I started wild camping when I was in the summer, so I had mostly summer wild camping kit. Um, And then when I went to Morocco um, this Christmas, just gone, I upgraded my winter, I got a better winter sleeping bag and winter mat. And I was like, oh, actually, do you know what? Now, this gives me no excuse not to wild camp in the UK all year round. Um, So I was like, you know what? I've got the stuff. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Fantastic. So that brings me on to wild camping with you. What wild camping tips do you have? For your first time, um, maybe go with someone, you know, someone that you know. It's always nice to kind of share the experience. I went for the first time with my sister. 
Um, if you haven't got anyone to go with, that's okay. You can still you can still go on your own, but probably go to a familiar place. So go somewhere that you've scouted out beforehand. So pick like a local walk that you like and have a do the walk. You know, without your wild camping gear because obviously that's heavier. Um, and and basically have a look around. You want to find a flat-ish spot now there's no such thing as flat when you're wild camping because it's not a campsite at the end of the day um but it's amazing how much a little slope can turn into some kind of like you know slide in the middle of the night when you're in your sleeping bag and you're on, you're on, your, you're on your sleeping mat and you're just going all the way down um so somewhere that's that's flattish um and i'd also say you probably need less than you actually think I'm, I'm sure on my first wild camping trips i took all sorts of stuff with me <laughs> that i didn't need um but it's kind of a learning curve so you, you sometimes you have to go through that phase of taking all the stuff with you trudging it all up to the you know the, the location and and then basically realizing you didn't need half the stuff but yeah. i think i think it's good to learn you know i mean i've got there's a guide on my website that i wrote about beginners um a beginner's guide for wild camping oh that's useful um so it's got like tips on there it's got what i take and stuff like that so you can have a read of that if you want some ideas or you've got any sort of questions about you know the you know things like how do you go to the toilet and you know those sorts of things um so yeah you can take a read on there or you can you know feel free to get in touch as well happy to happy to help this has been brilliant fun. No, it's so good. I'm actually hot as well. I was saying to you, I cannot believe that we're doing a recording and I'm not freezing cold because this is very unusual when I'm recording them, as many of my previous guests will know. It's been a lot of fun. Thank yeah, you so really much for taking it. me on this walk. Oh, thank you. Thanks it's for lovely. coming. It's so nice to meet you last as well. I know. It's been funny. We've been messaging on Instagram for a long time and now we've finally met. So yeah. it's brilliant. And we're going to continue our walk. We're going to go down the hill and then up perhaps mum tour yes. we shall see and then back round to Barbara's booth yes indeed oh yeah. what a lovely lovely route yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it Thanks for listening to Becky's episode. You can see photos of Becky on her 950 mile hike and other adventures on the Outdoors Fix website or on Instagram at The Outdoors Fix. You'll also find her on Instagram at Becky the Traveller. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to make sure you get all the episodes when they come out. And please rate and review the podcast to help other people find it. You might also like to check out the dozens of other episodes I've published since the podcast started. The podcast is proudly supported by Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports, stores nationwide and online, offering everything you need to equip you for the best outdoors experience. Now, it's that time to take a moment to relax and listen to some sounds from nature that you recorded. I wasn't able to record any clips for this series while in lockdown in noisy London, so more than 35 of you came to my rescue. In this episode, we're hearing birdsong recorded by Emma Frampton in the New Forest, Robin in KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa, and Georgie Nichols in Highgate Woods in London.